You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. If what you want is more freedom or if what you want is more peace or if you want more sustainability or if you want more security, then we have to look at it from the perspective of actually we need we need the systems there so that we can be supported and have the things that we're really desiring. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it's amazing to see you here where you are reminded to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here to get the dialogue going. So in the community, we've been talking about something called that we're calling systems of freedom. And the reason that we're kind of having that conversation is because we, there's obviously a lot of talk about systems of oppression. So I think the concept of systems can obviously get a very bad rap, making get a very bad connotation for the negative things that can be associated with it. And I think that it's very possible and necessary to reclaim systems as a structure that can also create freedom. And when we think about freedom, one of the main things that comes to mind for me is the structure that's created by the Run Like Clockwork uh, framework. And there's obviously a book for that. There's a program for that. And the co-founder of Run Like Clockwork, Adrian Dorison, I was like, who, who better to have than Adrian? So Adrian Dorison, as I mentioned, is the co-founder of Run Like Clockwork alongside her business partner, Mike McCallowitz, where she equips CEOs to design a business and team that can run like clockwork. Adrian has spent the past 10 plus years in the field of operational efficiency and has since created the most simplistic approach to making your business ultra efficient. She is personally passionate about baking in generosity into business models and believes when we earn more money, we can give more away. Personally, I find Adrian to be an amazing human. I was introduced to her, um, I believe it was back in 2020. And I have absolutely loved knowing her as a human. Um, I've absolutely loved working with her, working with her team. And it has just been such an, an, an amazing journey, you know, learning more about how Run Like Clockwork as a framework can be supportive, but also how this is more than just a framework for her. And Adrienne really does bring this into what she does. And she is passionate about this from a life standpoint. And the fact that we were really able to show how running like clockwork is more than just about business. This is a mindset that can support how it is that you parent, how it is that you navigate uh, your life how it is that it can support you having the conversations to acknowledge what you want and what you need. So, you know, asking and receiving and it's just so much more. So there's some amazing things coming up in this convo. Can't wait for you to listen in. Let's dig into it. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me, Adrian. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to have this conversation too. We always have good conversations. So I know. Well, and it felt like, you know, kind of going into systems of freedom and how systems can create freedom. Like this is right up your alley. So mm-hmm. I, you know, before we even start, I do kind of want to even ask you like, what is it about systems of freedom? And I know that that's obviously what I'm calling it, but Mm -hmm. the concept, what was it about that that really prompted you to start 
an entire business and a movement with Mm -hmm. that well for me like systems create freedom you know like having structure and systems sometimes it feels counterintuitive to people sometimes especially you know people that are more creative or more like want you know rebellious like don't want to be controlled like we don't want to have any systems but to me systems have always helped me create more freedom and so I'm constantly trying to figure out what systems do I need in my life and what systems do I need in my business to have the most amount of freedom that I want and desire and that will set me up for more peace kind of in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, what continues to drive me is for myself and for my clients is like, usually we start businesses because we want more freedom, but without without these things in place, it can become the absolute opposite. And so if, if this is what you want, if what you want is more freedom or if what you want is more peace, or if you want more uh, sustainability, or if you want more um, security, then we have to look at it from the perspective of actually we need, we need the systems there so that we can be supported and, have the things that we're really desiring. So those two sometimes seem opposite, but to me, they're like, you need them together. I agree. And I think that the reality is, is when you are trying to wrap your brain around, you know, what is a system that supports you and what it is that you want and how that intersects with freedom? I think that thought of like, oh, a system and and freedom, those things go together. I don't know what that means. And Mm. the lack of that system can actually create more of a a need for you to constantly be on. It can create more of an environment of of burnout, being able to to constantly show up, not just once, but more, you know, it's just like a a regular bedfellow. And I think that those systems, they need to exist in life, but they they need to be built in to our mm-hmm. businesses. And I think very often they're not. And so I'm curious um, of, you know, I want you to kind of debunk what I think some people may have as a bit of a pushback here, which is that my business doesn't create or support freedom in my life. My life is what's supposed to create and support freedom in my business. And I actually think that that's reversed. Mm. Yeah, I think it's easy to trick ourselves into thinking that. But like our businesses, if we are the one that everything revolves around within the business, then our businesses become all consuming because we're needed in order for everything to move forward. Like we're needed to make decisions. We're, me- we're needed in order for actions to <laughs> happen. We're needed for clients to be served. And if we're constantly needed for all of these things, then it's not allowing us to live our life <laughs> that we really want to have. And we see this time and time again with our clients, because when the business is dependent on us or on them, and they're unable to step away when life circumstances pop up, then it really, it really becomes obvious that, Mm -hmm. you know, that our life is not full of all this freedom that we thought we had created. It's, it's full of responsibilities that require us in order for things to move forward within the business. And if, if the business is providing us our livelihood, if the business is providing you know, financial security for our family, if the business is providing security for team members, if the business is providing some level of support for our clientele, for them to reach some result or receive a product or whatever it is that we've promised, and those things can't happen without us, then to me, it's like a huge liability, which is the opposite of freedom. You know, like I always want to like reduce my liabilities, right? increase my assets, you know? And I think that oftentimes our life has been written as a distraction or it becomes a distraction because we're trying so hard to grow or focus or, you know, pour into the business. And we can even trick ourselves into being like, well, these are just like my growth years. So like, I just got to hustle and do it. And this is the time that I should do it. And it's like, well, that actually, there's no end to that, especially if we're not being really intentional with, Hey, my life 
matters too. And you can get into this place of resentment towards the business if you let it go too long in in this capacity where everything is reliant on you. And it can be a huge stress and a huge burden. Um, because most of the time, the things that our clients are seeing or experiencing in terms of the reason that they want to step away from the business or need to step away from the business and they need the business to provide them more freedom for their life. Typically the, what they're experiencing are things that are unplanned. It's not this like, you know, incredibly planned event. It's typically a health diagnosis or someone in their family has a health diagnosis or just grief that they're needing to work through or, yeah, like a maternity or a paternity leave or, you know, COVID closures <laughs> that, you right. know, your kids are home now. So it's like, but if you're, if your business is still dependent on you, then you're really kind of fooling yourself that, that your life is what gives you freedom. It's like, well, is it <laughs> right? Like, is right. it giving you freedom? Um, because you need the business to allow you that freedom so that yes, you can go get, you can go live your life. But most, most business owners that we interact with are not in a position where they could immediately for an extended period of time, step away from the business and have, you know, no stress or have full confidence and trust that like things are going to be able to keep going on without them. I'm so glad that you mentioned it because unfortunately I think there's this false correlation of if my business doesn't need me, then somehow my, my sense of worth and and value has been diminished. And I actually think that it says more to have something that you've built that can operate without you Mm -hmm. versus something that is codependent on you. Yeah, for me, I mean, I have built a business at this point, and it's taken a lot of energy and intention. And, you know, we practice what we've been teaching for so many years, like I have built a business that can operate without me. And in the beginning, it does hit your ego a little bit. Like when I first came back from my, my first maternity leave, and the clients were kind of like, Oh, yay, like, good to see you, but like, we barely noticed you were gone or like, we were totally supported. (laughs) Like we didn't really need you. Like we didn't miss you. And, and at first it's a little blow to the ego. Cause you're like, wait, like I used to be the most valuable thing here. What do you mean? You didn't miss me or you didn't need me or everything went fine without me. It can feel a little bit like that. But then when I thought about it, I was like, no, that's exactly what we want, right? Like we want a business that regardless of who needs to step away, myself or other team members, that our clients can continue to be served and continue to get the results that they're really looking for and that we promise to them, regardless of my presence or my absence. And it actually made me feel so good about what we've created. It made it feel so much more sustainable and repeatable and... um, credible, like all of these things that we want for our organizations, like it felt so much more solidified when I knew that I wasn't the missing link, or I wasn't the linchpin to everything happening or for clients feeling like, oh, they were feeling like they didn't get what they wanted if they didn't talk to me like that never happens anymore, you know, because we've taken the time to build something really everlasting. And now that I'm about to go on my second maternity leave, I'm going to take even longer this time. And, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for what we built, we've built, I recognize the privilege in being able to step away. But I also recognize the hard work and the intentionality that has gone into it. And that is possible for everyone to do this, you know, which is why I'm like, super passionate about sharing this stuff, because you're never going to get these times back in your life, whatever it is, right? And so making sure that you're not putting that ego in the way of what you really want or what is most responsible or what is most sustainable for the business. But to me, it's like like I respect people so much more as business owners, yes, when they ca- when they can get to a point or when they have the desire to get to that point versus feeling like they need to constantly be needed. And that's honestly something that can be looked at from even more of a therapeutic perspective of like, well, if the business has to give you everything in terms of your needs and desires, then like you said, like maybe there is this codependency or maybe there is an opportunity for you to explore in your life, like where your needs aren't being met 
and you're trying to get those needs met with the business, right? Like if I'm not feeling like worthy enough or like I'm needed enough, like is the business supposed to give me all of that? Like my business is supposed to be one facet of my life. It's not supposed to fill every gap and hole that I have as a human. And I think that that also rings true for relationships. You know, sometimes I can equate businesses to romantic relationships a lot, like because my husband Uh is my partner, but he is not there to like fill every single emotion or feeling or desire that I have, you know, like he's there for some of those things and I have to communicate those things to him, but I can't expect for him to meet every single need. And if I do, I'm probably going to constantly be disappointed. And I think we can do the same thing to our business where we're like, it's filling all of those needs, even from a subconscious place. And so we, we don't do the work to remove ourselves or it scares us to remove ourselves because we're like, well, who am I if I'm not this person? It's like, well, maybe too much of our identity lives in the business then. And that's part of the work. Yes. <laughs> it was funny. I was thinking it as you were saying that I was like, oh, that sounds like a bad dysfunctional relationship of like, you're mm-hmm. not giving me everything. And it's like, right. I am not you know, I'm not all people. I'm not all I'm not things. Too. Yeah. It's, not, it's not possible. And I know that honestly, I do think that when we think about that correlation between relationships and business, yes, in relationships, I think some of us were conditioned to think that you find this person that fits all these needs. And when we've built a business, we're conditioned to think that this business is supposed to be ideal in all ways and that mm. it is supposed to be, it is your baby. And there's a lot of damage that can be caused in thinking that way because it's not helpful. And I think there's the there's the damage that can be caused, period, across the board. But there's also the fact that from an equitable standpoint, that is is even more harmful because if we use a um, working mother as, as an example, you can't be all things to all people. Mm-hmm. Um, if we think about somebody that has family members that um, need need medical attention or additional support at home, you can't be all things to all people. And that's without bringing in, again, race, demographics, mm-hmm. any of the other um, systems of oppression that really put you at a deficit to start with. Yeah. And everything that you're talking about, I think, really is important when we think about how the business landscape does need to be shifted to be more equitable. So I'm curious what are not only some of your thoughts around how these things can be a part of providing equity, but also, you know, how that's fueled you to really want to bring that concept of being more equitable into what you do in your business and what, you know, Run Like Clockwork is teaching. Yeah, I mean, I think I probably never, I didn't have to think about this as much before I became a mother, I would say, which is my own privilege for so many different reasons. But especially over the past few years, both working with you and also with the pandemic, a lot of these inequities have become so much more obvious, both in the corporate world, but also for us as entrepreneurs. And I just really think that as entrepreneurs, we have the opportunity and the responsibility to work towards creating like non-toxic, more equitable work spaces and environments. And I think that that really starts with us as the leadership, right? Because we are an embodiment of the rest of our culture and the people that we employ are going to see what we're doing and what we're prioritizing and how we treat ourselves and how we treat other people. And so that's always been like my passion and and drive has come from that is like, well, if we are going to point fingers and, and talk about how poor our country is doing on this front from the really what we see is like the big business corporate perspective, you know, like we see all of that in the media and how inequitable things are. And if we're going to talk about those things or be upset about those things, like as small business owners, we actually have the opportunity and the responsibility and the position to be able to make some changes. And that starts with our companies. And I think we're in a really prime position to be able to do that. So it's something that I'm really personally passionate about because I think 
we have the power right now as small business owners, but I don't think a lot of people recognize that. I think that we often just see models of um, inequality and like, well, this is what's always been done. And so we don't know another way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we tend to replicate that even from a subconscious place, like, because it's all we've seen, you know, similar to not having role models that look like you, (laughs) you know, like that is something that has to shift in order for people to feel like it's possible for them. And I think the same thing happens as we start small businesses, or as we start businesses in general, like us as the business owners, we have desires to do things in a different way, but we don't really have a lot of great examples or models, especially if you've only worked in other organizations that were inequitable, or that were pretty toxic in terms of the work culture, or they weren't inclusive, you know, and so you're, you're by nature, you're just actually replicating the problems that you probably would, you know, call out if you had the opportunity. And you, you, right. I think it's, it's like our time to shift that, but we have to start with ourselves. And I think even the awareness has become so much more like potent for me as these past two, three years have gone on just because of the the state of the world and the things that affect us are obviously more obvious than the things that don't affect other people. But I think it's a really good lesson for us to question like, Oh, this is so unfair, (laughs) right? Like this feels so unfair to me right now. And it's like, Oh, well, what else might be unfair that I'm doing or perpetuating or not even aware of for, for my team or for my clients or for, you know, potential hires or things like that. I think that my, my mindset is always, you know, trying to do better around those things. You know, my background is in continuous improvement. Like that's what, that's what I do for a living. And so it only makes sense that I continue to strive for like better and better as it relates to our work environment and the culture that I'm, that I am responsible for leading and, upholding. And so I think it starts with us. Like that has been a huge passion for me for business owners because like we can we can improve our own lives as business owners by shift by understanding like what our values are, you know, talking about freedom. Like if that's a value for you, then then what are what are we doing to make that possible within your business? You know, and, and how if that's a value for you, then you could also recognize that that's probably a value for other people. And so how can we make your team members more autonomous, right? Like that's a freedom value. So giving people, you know, more, more um, autonomy within your organization so that you can also have more autonomy in your life and more freedom in your life. And so it starts with the business owner, but I've personally become like also really passionate about how this trickles down into your culture and with your team members and treating them, you know, the same way that you would want to be treated because I've worked with a lot of leaders who are actually pretty pretty toxic in the way that they lead and the way that they hire and the way that they communicate with their team. And so it's something that I, I'm constantly trying to improve my own knowledge and awareness around so that I can recognize for other people, like, Hey, if this is what you say you want for yourself and for your business, then like, why are we doing this, right? Like, why would we have this happening inside of our organization? Because culture is all about embodiment. And so I think it's, you know, to give you like a really long answer to your very short question was just like, (laughs) no, no, (laughs) everything you brought up was important. And I appreciate how you gave that example of freedom and you also tied that into autonomy. And I think often people take these values and they think about them in such a static way that they don't tie in. Well, what is this in practice versus Mm -hmm. just theory and bringing that autonomy in and letting that exist as an example of that freedom. It really, it really does matter because if you say that freedom matters, but people don't have the freedom to 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 do or to be pretty yeah. much anything that you haven't already okayed then there's no freedom actually right. happening and people sometimes i think forget that it's not it's not just what you consider it to be mm-hmm. it's what's happening 
with the other people that are part of the team and, you know, how do they process that? How do they need that? How do they showcase that? And it's just like, if we think about it from the perspective of being in a relationship again, and this could be any type of relationship, romantic, parental, um, familial, but it's not just like, hey, this is how I want to talk to you. It's like, wait, I don't want you to talk to me that way. I want you know, this. Mm -hmm. And so there's more than one person in this dynamic that needs to be considered when we're talking about what the wants and the needs are and what the desired outcomes are and how we're going to get there. And I think it is important to be able to, to step out of that space of it's only what matters to me and what my frame of reference is and what my normal is. And without that, you can't figure out what freedom is. You, you can't figure out what any of your values are and how they show up in practice. And you definitely can't figure out how that intersects with the way that people want to be able to exist in their lives mm-hmm. because they are more than just your worker bees. Yes. And that's something that has really been like highlighted and something that I'm like really leaning into this conversation as a leader for, for myself and for our communities is like, you know, people have talked recently a lot about the challenges with hiring and the challenges with retention and this great resignation. And, and what I keep leaning into is, is this conversation about like, well, if we, if we as business owners are willing to see the people on our team, not as worker bees, but as humans, (laughs) then we're going to have better hiring practices. We're going to have better retention because you know, it's only been amplified through COVID, but being empathetic to like what people are actually going through in their lives is really important. (laughs) Like it's important for so many reasons, but also for your organization. Like if you really want to have people that care about your business as much as you do and that you can trust and that you can feel like support you, then guess what, you know, job number one for you is to care about them as humans. (laughs) Like if you want them to care, like you have to care. And I think that that is honestly, and sadly, something that has been missing from the business world forever. (laughs) You know, like we only as corporations and big business have thought of people as you're here to perform this job. And I don't really care what's happening in your personal life. Like this is This is what you need to do. And to have a more equitable and inclusive workplace, an environment that feels safe for people to operate within, uh, an environment that people feel like they can commit to, then like you have to care about them as human beings, right? And so to your point, like it also, you have to think of that values through through all of their experiences and, and their lens. And and I think that we often don't do that, especially as business owners, we're constantly thinking about how we can reach our our goals from both a professional and personal perspective. And I think the next, like, yes, that is important too, because if you are going to take on the risk and the responsibility of owning a business, it has to perform, it has to be profitable, it has to make sense for you and your life, but also it has to make sense for these other people too. And, and how can you continue to show up for them um, in a way that shows them that you care about their wants, needs, desires, and goals, and how this company can help contribute to those things. And, you know, looking at them as a human, which is so simple, but apparently very hard for people, you know? Right. And I think that action is more about being open and just doing it and, continuing to be better at it than being perfect at it. Because I think just like if we think about imperfect allyship from a standpoint of um, someone that is supporting another group or community or cause, and they're like, I want to be perfect at this. I don't want to mess this up. You know, when you do take on that risk and that ownership, to have a business and have people that work for you, it's not going to be perfect at all times because these people come with their own ideas, their Mm -hmm. own experiences and their own perceptions of what it is that they want to need and what they want to bring and how that intersects with yours. And so I, I think that there's a lot of people that are just afraid to get it wrong. And so they really don't explore how it can be done right simply out of the, out of the fear of the, well, what, what if it goes wrong? What, mm-hmm. what if it goes right? What if there's, yeah. 
something that that you learn from this that changes everything for you and everybody involved. And there's just this need to be open and not so, you know, tight about it of if this does not go exactly this way, what does that say about me? It doesn't say anything. It means that you tried something and you learned from it and now you're going to keep going. No more, no less. Yeah, so important, right? And like being willing to to do that and to consist, consistently and continuously learn and improve. And I think that that always, you know, like someone asked me the other day on one of our, um, I was doing a training on like how to hire mm-hmm. a players. And one of the questions I got on the, at the end was about how are we incorporating like diversity, equity, and inclusion? And, and I answered that question and then communicated we're also like a work in progress, right? Like this is where we're at right now, but there's probably a lot of things that we could do better that I'm number one, maybe unaware of, or there's things that we just haven't had the bandwidth or the resources to do, but like, this is what we're working towards. But even like, you know, answering that question, like just being fully transparent of like, but I'm not done, you know, like this is the starting point. This is where we're at, but like being okay with, I'm, I'm not there. We, we've never, we're never going to arrive, you know, and right. I could be ridiculed for that response or I could be, you know, afraid to even share anything that we're doing in response to that question. And maybe that would have been my fear previously prior to like working with you and, and feeling more comfortable about just this constant evolution that we're on and like just owning that, like, I don't know everything though. Like I'm happy to answer the question from, my perspective right now right. and like what we're currently doing, but by no means is this a complete answer or a finished answer or a, you know, like you should keep asking this question, you know, right. So that people don't think it's like a one and done either. I'm actually curious if you can give us an example of an unexpected system that you yourself utilize and benefit from that creates freedom in your life. Because again, like you just mentioned, like you have one and one on the way and (laughs) you have a partner and you have a business, Mm -hmm. like you have a lot of things that are happening and creating freedom so that first and foremost, you can just be Adrian, the human. And then second of all, you can begin to fill these other roles that you fill, you know, in, in relationship with these other people, like freedom is a necessity. So what's something that's possibly unexpected, that supports, you know, the creation and maintenance of that freedom in your life? Yeah, there's so many. Um, I feel like our whole business. I I feel like my whole business is like one, you know, is like just so many different systems that help me stay out of the weeds. I'll give you, I guess, like one example from the business and one from my personal, just because it's um, recent. But like one from the business is that we have like a project management system and all of our tasks go on that project management system. So everyone can see what is on everyone else's plate. And that includes me. So everyone on the team can see what is on my plate And they have full permission and ownership and responsibility to like constant, like they can look at my list of things and pull something off of there and do it themselves. So if there's something that's on Mm. my plate that really someone else could do, um, even if they can only get it like 80% of the way, my team has full freedom and autonomy to like, they look at my list. If they have like, you know, if they've freed up their capacity, if they've already completed the things that are on their plate, they'll go to my list, especially when they know, you know, it, this is a busy season. Or if I communicate, like, um, actually my, my mom just passed away a couple months ago. And so they knew that like my heart was heavy and I had a lot of grief. And so emotionally I wasn't like all present. And so they knew if there was anything that they could do to help me, that that was going to be great and supportive and it was going to help the business and it was also going to help my own emotional capacity. And so they can go on that list and they'll take something off of it and they'll do it and they'll say, Hey, I covered this for you or I did this or, Hey, I know this was on your plate, but I actually think I can do it myself. So I'm going to do it. And then if you want to review it, you can, you know, they'll give me kind of that um, little bit of leeway if it's something that they've never done before, but they're constantly like looking at that and like helping to free me up even more 
And they have full permission to do that. And so I think part of that comes from the transparency of being able to see what's on everyone else's plates and what everyone else's workload looks like, as well as the permission for me that like, I'm not attached to any of these tasks, you know, like if you want to go for it, like, please go for it. And um, even if you don't nail it, like it's better than me having to start from scratch to be quite honest. Cause that's one of the things that takes me the longest is like just getting started. So that's always very helpful. So that's my business one. And I would say my personal one, um, our, our, we have a two year old and she just recently started school, but they had like a COVID closure and, my husband and I both work from home, but we are both attempting to work. And so (laughs) juggling her as well was really challenging. And we, you know, whenever she's home, I think that we constantly feel like, you know, if if you're available, then we should all be there together, you know, and like things, we want to make sure that the other person also gets the time that they need, not just to work, but also to have a mental break for whatever they need to do. And so our typical is to just like, you know, tag team her, or if I'm free, I'll just go be with them and and help. But before she was home for this whole week, I I actually was feeling a lot of anxiety about her being home. And so I was like, I'm going to make a schedule for us. And so I literally like wrote out a schedule of like, okay, here's the times you've got her. Here's the times I've got her so that we could both not just have like work time, but also have break time. And I'm trying to communicate to her as a two year old also that like sometimes mommy needs a break or like sometimes daddy needs a break and it's, it's okay to need a break, you know? And like, if she's, you know, if it's my time with her and she's like, I want daddy, but, and she knows daddy's home. I'm like, well, daddy's on his break right now, you know? Um, So having that schedule, like written out schedule was so helpful. And I know that a lot of parents struggle with like the, you know, division of, of childhood or child responsive, child care responsibilities and home responsibilities. And so I think sometimes having more structure around those things can actually be helpful and can make you feel less resentful um, Mm -hmm. because you're getting the time that you need. And so it might seem a little bit like type A to be like, okay, you have like a parenting schedule. I'm like, yes, we have a parenting schedule. And like, we also like every we shift mornings. So like both of us don't get up with her every morning. Like we have dedicated, like I do Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday mornings. He does Monday, um, Thursday, Saturday mornings, you know? So like, so I'm allowed to do whatever I want to do during those mornings, whether it's work out or sleep in or read a book or whatever. But I think just knowing that like, I don't have to be down there, like being on duty Mm -hmm. Um, is really helpful for like my mental freedom and capacity as well. And him too. And I think sometimes we just default into like, if you're home, you should be on, but I don't think that that's the healthiest for us personally, at least. So like that structure creates a lot more freedom for both of us. I love that because I like, I like the, the, the concept of just because I'm here doesn't mean that you have this open access to me and I have no access to me. And I think that's important because with kids, they can immediately have this like, Oh, so you're here. Right. And it's like, "Mm, yes, but no, like I'm not really here. (laughs) Yeah, And as a mom, I was feeling really guilty. I was like, Oh, like I should go just be with her. I should go help him or I should, you know, and it's like, actually it's like as the default parent, it's like, well, no, like he's also fully capable of like feeding her lunch. So just because I'm available, like this is my, this is my break time. So I'm actually going to not feel guilty during it, you know, (laughs) and he's going to get his too. Yeah. Well, and I like the fact that that means that it leaves space for you to still be a human. And I think that that's a really important behavior modeling um, for our kids, as opposed to no, I'm just going to do all the things, but I'm going to be resentful mm-hmm. with some of them and you're going to feel it and maybe not know why it feels off but then there's going to be that and the amazing thing that I heard in both of these examples the you know personal and professional was um, a bit of a, a, a lack of attachment because mm-hmm. you're not attached to this this thing that we can be told as as you know especially as as mom whoever kind of fills that role it's not necessarily gendered but like I'm supposed to be accessible I'm supposed to do all things I'm supposed to be able to handle it all I you know and there's a lot of weight 
put on that. And a lot of that weight is attached to like your worth or your value. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you mean you don't get them off the bus? Oh, you mean you don't cook all the meals? Like insert thing here. Right. But there's all of these lies that are attached to you are supposed to be this type of uh, maternal parental unit. And I think in the business piece, one, just having the transparency of everybody being able to see it means that nobody has to have that feeling of my workload is significantly heavier than everyone else's and I have no support. But it means that you're not attached to, if I don't do this thing, if I wasn't the one that did it from start to finish, I can't, you know, take responsibility. And so it kind of takes some of that, um, that that piece out of like my identity is wrapped up in mm-hmm. the things that I do and it puts it back onto the fact that we're a team and it's getting these things done for the people that we're supporting. Yeah. It's not about me. And so a lot of this is, is more about how are we supporting the unit versus what do I need to be tied to my own self-worth in mm-hmm. this situation? Yeah. And I know people can have like, challenges with that transparency of like the team seeing what you're doing in the business, but I've found it to actually be very healthy for them to see what I'm, what is on my plate and what my responsibilities are in the business. And right. they're always like constantly trying to like continue to reduce that because they understand the value of my thinking time and my strategic time. And that doesn't necessarily get put on a to-do list, you know, like that happens outside of the to-do list. But my to-do list is the shortest in the whole project management system, which I'm very, you know, thankful for and proud of that we've worked to get it to that point. But in the beginning, I may have been like fearful of, oh, they're going to see that I don't, I don't do enough or whatever. And I think that that is something that we have to work through um, to understand that there's a lot more that you do for the business as you continue to remove yourself than will ever, ever be on a to-do list. So like letting people support you and being transparent about, you know, and normalizing breaks and normalizing off time and normalizing all of those things that, you know, we tend to normalizing, you know, self-care and normalizing not like not hustling and not working 24 hours a day like that has also been something that's important to me and continues to be important you know in our culture and for our team you know like if you're off for the day like you don't have to like make like yesterday I did not do pretty much any work for the business and previously I may have like tried to like make some things up to like tell them about right like here's what I did today because we do like an end of day stand up and I was completely just I I want to be transparent with that because there was some personal things in my life that I needed to do. And so I just told them that, you know, and I want that to be normal and true for them too. And so if I want that to be normal and true for them, then I have to show them that like, it's okay. And I'm also doing that, you know, like yesterday I was packing because I'm moving in a week. So it's okay that I didn't get anything done for the business. And, you know, or last week my kid was home. So it's like, I'm going to be a little less available. Right. And they want to normalize that as well, which I love. Well, and the thing that I think is important with that transparency is that when we have a team and if you are new to having a team and being able to delegate, it can be really challenging to let things go. And that transparency means that if you, for example, hire somebody to do uh, copywriting, And they can see your to-dos. They're like, you are clearly doing four things that really I need to be doing. Give me Mm -hmm. those back. And so it kind of helps to keep us honest (laughs) about the things that we should not be doing because we've already acknowledged this is not my zone of genius, nor do I derive joy from this. So why am I still doing this? And I have to be held accountable, you know, publicly for that. Not from a place of shame, but from a like, hey, you really don't have to. Mm-hmm. I got it. Yeah. And like you said, I can do it. And then you can look at it in case there's any concern of like making sure that it's done in a way that you're okay with. Mm-hmm. But let's not make this something else that's on your list. Yeah. It's also helped me like really get to know the team and like what their interests are, you know, because sometimes I have no idea that they may want to do this thing that's on mm-hmm. my plate or that they're like, Oh yeah. Like this is something I'm interested in learning more about. Like, can I 
make an attempt on this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, that's great. Like, I love knowing that that's something you're interested in, you know, and sometimes there's not those opportunities if they're if they don't have that freedom and autonomy to like, take things off of other people's plates, um, or support, you know, the unit, like you said, like supporting the entire unit to get things done. Completely agree. So as we begin to wrap up, I do want to ask for you to share one action that you would suggest that the listeners can take after they've listened into our conversation, something that can create change, something that's going to be um, related to creating systems that do support the types of freedom that mm. you want in your life and your business. What's the one thing besides going to learn more about run like clockwork, because that's going to come up too. But yeah. <laughs> outside of that, Yeah, I want to almost give them like a run like clockwork task, like an action, because I think it will be really enlightening for them is to actually do a time tracking. So this Mm. action is going to help you kind of, if you're listening to this, and you're like, Oh, but I don't know what structures or what systems I need to put in place. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure to how like, how to start getting these things off of my plate or how to you know, build the systems that are going to support the boundaries and the lifestyle that I want, then the first place to start is by getting some good data about where your time is currently going. And so we do a time tracking with ourselves uh, once a quarter as a team. Um, We also ask our clients to do this when they first start working with us and then every quarter just to see how it's improving. And so spend like you know, two to three days at least tracking your time and like where your time is actually going um, because it will give you a lot of data and and awareness so that then you can start changing things and building better boundaries. I think sometimes we don't even know where to start because we're not really sure the reality of what we're currently doing. Like we just operate Mm -hmm. off of default and we just go, go, go. But when you really have a tangible, like, okay, this is the list of all the activities I'm doing throughout, throughout a normal day. Um, and how long I'm spending on those activities, it can be a really good starting point for starting to build some systems or for starting to delegate or transfer things that you're like, huh, why, like, why does this keep falling on my plate? Like it's so much more actionable when you know where you're starting from versus just making a guess. And so if you didn't have something right away that you're like, oh, I want to implement that system, then I would suggest taking that action and doing a time tracking because it's going to be really helpful to put some of these things into place tangibly inside of your life and inside your business. Ooh, yes, yes, yes. I agree 100% because you can't, change what you don't even really have clarity on to start with. So exactly. It might be a little painful. I know people don't love doing a time tracking, but you'll be so thank. I've never met anyone who wasn't thankful that they did it at the end, you know? So like two to three days track as much as you possibly can in terms of like being granular. And I always say um, Tony Horton's famous quote, like do your best and forget the rest, you know, so just like do your best. It doesn't have to be perfect, but if we can get some information and data on where your time is going, it's going to be really enlightening for you. Agree. Completely agree. That's amazing. Yes. I, I concur. (laughs) (laughs) I know you've done one, so you understand. (laughs) Yes. And it's not fun. And there's a lot of ah ahas. You're like, Oh, Mm Damn it. Yeah, you really got to face I, the music. <laughs> yeah, you can't. I was going to say, you can't hide. Once you do it, you're like, shit, okay. I know. This it's is like really you can't un- I always tell her, I'm like, you can't unknow this now, though. But Right. <laughs> Which is right. good. Yeah, that. So tell the people a little bit more about where they can find you. We will have it all listed in our uh, article that goes along with the episode. But please feel free to tell them where they can learn more about you and what you do and why you do it. Yes, you can go to runlikeclockwork.com. It has links to everything that you could possibly desire in terms of designing a business that can run itself. So getting these systems and support in place. We have a podcast, we have a book, 
We have free resources. We have a program. So everything that you'll want to find is over on runlikeclockwork.com. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Adrian, for sharing your wisdom, your insight, your context and your time. Well, thank you. This was a delightful conversation. And I always feel like you make me think, which I appreciate and and reflect. So I... I appreciate the conversation too. I hope it helps people. Same, same. I am sure it will. So for being here today, thank you. I can just imagine the faces of some people like, you want me to do what? I don't want to go track my time. You mean that I have to actually pay attention to and acknowledge for me, like on paper or out loud, that this is what I, oh no, I don't want to do that. (laughs) However... Yes, like Adrian said, it can sometimes be a little scary, but it really does make a difference because now there's awareness. Now you know. And I think what you can do with what you know can change everything. And so being able to have that awareness, being able to utilize that to to make the shifts and changes that do create what feels like freedom for you and what can feel like more freedom for your team and those that you're interacting with and that you're supporting. There's so much there. So, so, so much there. And remembering that systems can create freedom. And again, just reclaiming the fact that it is not about restriction. It really is about an opening up. So there's so much there and I'm just so glad that you listened to this and you were able to take what is going to be of support to you right now in this moment and to utilize that for growth and for evolution. I always appreciate you being willing to be here and taking these conversations as we are talking candidly and opening minds and hearts to different ways of thinking, feeling, and being. Continuing to get people to drop the veil together, that's what I want. And for you being a part of that, I appreciate you. So until the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye. People think they know what to expect, but they haven't met you yet. Bi-weekly, India Jackson, co-founder of Pause on the Play, has conversations exploring branding and visibility. Own your values and amplify your influence by giving the Flaunt Your Fire podcast a follow today. We can't talk around topics. We have to be open and we have to be aware just how we are today. We have to use language in order to call it exactly what it is, no matter how palatable or unpalatable it might be. And in order to get that point, to find the alignment that you're looking for in order to source your freedom, being able to get clear on what matters to you and why, this is the place that you need to put your efforts. Leading through your values means being explicit about what you support and how your actions are aligned with that. You've witnessed Adrian doing that today. Every person that you hire, every business that you buy from, it brings you closer to or further away from your values and your goals. These are the decisions that ultimately shape your company culture. In order to get support, Indy and I got you. Go on over to pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit and sign up today. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?